Can I have a hat? That's a great looking hat. Session swag. We just want to crush your spirits now. There will be no <laughs> no June van sessions, so plan your life accordingly. I have a weekly happy, in case you're sad about this. Wolf puppy. Yeah. So I have good news. I just, you know, I needed some time off. All right. Well, shady, some d- define shady. Tree covered. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we bring the sketchy. <laughs> we are two weeks away, I believe, from the Ogden Marathon. Holy smokes. Time to start training. I was just kidding. <laughs> History was made. Very few athletes will make you feel more sloth-like. Listen, if he drove to Snowbird and had a beer 96 times, I'm okay with that, too. I guess at least he's doing something. I'm impressed yeah. with, with ever. Either way. Whichever. Either, either way, I'm impressed. So I lived in Vegas for a little while. There's such a temperature difference between inside and outside. Three different times, elderly women, no no judgment there, walking out of the grocery store, hit the wall of heat and just went down. That is wild. And just, just sort of just crumbled down. It was just that, that wall of heat. Oh, man. This is bad news. Heli doping. Yeah, it's hella wrong, if you ask me. Oh, I saw what you did there. You haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about. The show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity. The audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure. The sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. (sighs) It's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. Oh, we're Outdoor Adventure Summit Sea Airwaves. This is the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I'm your host, our Brandon Long. I'm play with you, I don't know, 40, 30, 40, something. I think it's going to be somewhere between the two. Yeah, I'm, I'm play with me for the ride as the best co-host in all the land. Todd to the top. Todd, how are you? What? What? I'm oh, good. <laughs> what? That was my wave. Okay, yeah. Hey, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. We're hanging out in Banning One, inside the Monarch Building, in the heart of the Nine Arts Arch District. And on this week's podcast, we have a weekly happy, including a, a wolf puppy Aww. on the docket. I I couldn't find much. So um, these are like big events. So I just found some big events to just put on the docket, literally on the docket for your summer. Perfect. In the news, including Nordic Valley Ski Village, Ironman History, 96-year-old skis a lot, uh, temp drop in record time. Sherpa breaks an Everest summit record. It's Everest season. So we have Everest deaths and heli doping. Worth watching, including the desert swell. That's freaking cool. Gear 30 segment with Chacos and Santa Cruz. Myland segment with Ogden and our water shortage issues, along with the ivory build woodpecker. Is it? About time we get this them some attention again. I understand, and you'll yeah, because is it no more? Is the ivory build woodpecker in existence? Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. We we don't know, or do we know? We don't know. This is a know. straight up tease. Quote of the week and an outdoor jukebox. Uh, so all this and more on Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show episode three ninety. Heli doping. So let's charge. Summits with the agility of a mountain goat, flashes routes faster than UPS, is more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Todd to the top. 
Cutters, we are fresh off another fantastic uh, van sessions. I have a hat. That's a great looking hat. Session swag. Um, so thanks for designing the, the hat. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Another really good lineup. Uh, yeah. FYI, um, we just want to crush your spirits now. There will be no <laughs> no June van session, so plan your life accordingly. There will still be an amazing art stroll, so still come by the Monarch, but uh, keep your expectations here. Yeah, yeah. No, no van sessions. No van sessions. But we'll be back strong in July with uh, our boys and of course carrie myers yes yes the boys and carrie i guess uh, the proper way show is coming up it's just around the corner we always look forward to that and special guests really yeah so that's that means just so proper way with special with (laughs) (laughs) proper way with unconfirmed special guests yeah exactly yeah but it'll be a super super fun night so that'll make up hopefully for for being gone in june so yeah i'm really sorry about that it's my fault um I'll be in Disneyland. I'll be thinking about you. That'll be a fun trip. We'll we'll get by. We'll get by. I have a weekly happy, in case you're sad about this. I have a weekly happy. I'll just go ahead and press play here. Uh, you, you go ahead and tell me if you can hear. Oh, wait. I accidentally pushed the mute button. Let's bring it back. Here we go. Wolf puppy. It is a wolf puppy. Oh, my God. First house. Uh, yeah. He's looking for his mom. That's a lot of howling for her. I think mom was super happy the day before of that first howl. I was trying to share the screen and it was just not. Everything. Oh, yeah. So every time I share the screen. Oh, I see what you're going to. Okay. Oh, I, I can't share the screen today. Just so you know. I, this has been a bad share the screen day. I was trying to share the screen. It's not working out. We're just going to have to use our words we have to, to create a podcast pictures. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On the docket. Um, oh, I'm going to start the docket today. Oh, good. Yeah. So I have good news. I'm struggling. So you start the docket. No, I have some good news. And so it, it's it's official, official. Arts in the Parks is back mm. this summer. Um, and so we, we have a be, magazine around here for that somewhere. Yeah. I'll be passing out some of those, those activity books that I did up for last year. Um, but we are hitting up five. Uh, area Ogden City Parks uh, starting June 6th through the 10th. And so uh, if you've never been to an Arts in the Parks before, essentially we set up art activities. It is a partnership with Ogden City School District's Nutrition Services Program and so kids can come get some lunch in the parks. They will be setting up in three or four different parks. We're setting up in a total of five parks this year. And so we'll set up for five days of activities in, for instance, I I have the locations as well. So June 6th through 10th at Lauren Farr Park. June 13th through 17th, we're at Monroe Park. Lauren Farr's famous. Lauren Farr? Lauren Farr? Lauren Farr is famous, yeah. Um, we'll come back to that yeah. because I want to hear a little bit more about Lauren Farr. Uh, June 20th through 24th, we're at Mount Ogden Park in the backyard. That's a great one. Yep, I, that's, I like yep. that park too. Uh, June 27th through July 1st at 4th Street Park and... Wrapping things up, July fourth through the eighth, and we will not be set up on the fourth of July. So that okay, you stay home on that day. Clarification, so, yeah. So no activities on the fourth, but anyway, we'll be at West Ogden Park, which I I enjoy that park as well. And so, uh, so essentially, you come get some food, you can do some art activities. We set up for a week at a time, and so if you come every day, it's different activities every day. So for instance, oh, if, uh, and these are still being sort of confirmed. I believe Monday 
Deja is coming with her drum circle, so you can get some okay. get some music and dancing yeah. in. I believe Tuesday, and again, I'll confirm this, I believe Tuesday is our storytelling day, and so you kind of get a sense of things. And so Wednesday might be a puppet and theater day. Wow. Thursday might be, fingers crossed, a couple of years ago, we were able to confirm the Ballet Folklorico mm-hmm. women from, mm-hmm. from Weber State, so hopefully we can get them coming out again. And then... Friday will probably be do like a visual art type day, like strictly sort of visual art day. And so 12 to 1 o'clock, come do some art. And then what's great about this program is that it is sort of our sister program is Science in the Parks. And so our dates that I just gave you, Science in the Parks will be one week behind me. So you get essentially two weeks of programming. Do you lead off? I lead off. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll close things out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. you get a little science activities the yeah. week after we're there. So um, I will remind you every week sort of as we approach, but just yeah. know that we are back. We took off the last two summers for, I just, you know, I needed some time off. I, I understand. There was nothing else going on in the world. No, it was just no, lazy. but Todd just had straight lazy. <laughs> other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> Disneyland for two years. Wow, that would yeah. be amazing. But anyway, we're back after two years of being gone. Uh, Lauren Farr, Sandlot. That's it. Yeah. That's a great park. Yeah. Yeah. I like that park. It's a good shady park. Most of these parks are... are well, shady, d- define shady. Park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um, Tree covered. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Not like shady. Yeah. Sketchy. Yeah, we bring the sketchy. <laughs> With the sketching, the crayons. Get oh, it. I see. Yeah. I see. What about... Um, we talked maybe briefly, but not enough... Because it wasn't serious, but podcasting in the park. Podcasting. I wonder the park. if there's a way to pull that off. Yeah, I think we could do that. We just gotta. We, mm. get, we need to to check our goal zero. See see what the charging unit True is that. for this yeah. thing. Yeah. And see if we have yeah. too much for that now, or we could just keep it really simple and just bring your bring the little recorder. Yeah, a little battery operated. And kind of go go small gorilla style. Yeah, we could totally do that, and we have. Yeah, we could do that. I have multiple mics. You said they just want to hear their voice on and bring a speaker. Because yeah. they want to hear their voices on mics. Anyway, keep I'm that in mind. kind of fun, yeah. Podcast in the park. Okay. Yeah, for the kids. For the kids. Content for the kids. Seriously, they, most kids see a mic, they want to talk on it. They're like, like, let's be real. I could use that, but I have, you know, they have to think about, of course, their YouTube page. Does it fit in so, the content, <laughs> their brand? I don't know if it fits I in I like that they're brand. thinking about this at yeah. 7, 8, 13. Yeah. yeah, this isn't really part of my brand, but I do know the right person for you, and then they give us that person. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. We go to them for help. We probably should. They know more about this stuff already. At least my <laughs> daughter does. It's killing me. Oh, she's doing great. Yeah. Oh. I love the awesome on YouTube if you haven't checked oh. it out. I love oh, the awesome on YouTube. Her videos crack me up. Um, she's a natural. She really is pretty good. So, I mean, the editor is pretty good, too. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. It's it's good to know people. <laughs> um, so t- we are two weeks away, I believe, from the Ogden Marathon. Holy smokes. Time to start training. I was just going <laughs> to say, at least one more week, and then you're going to have to dig in. <laughs> uh, and then, okay, so a little bit more heads up. The El Dose mountain bike race, which is just a big party up at Powder Mountain, is July 16th. So if you want to, oh, oh, weird. What are you drinking, Todd? Yeah, mm-hmm. camera. There it is. Yeah, El Dose. And then, like, wait, what am I? What am I drinking? It's, I think it's a El Dose. A rooster's. 
Yeah, El Dose. So probably completely unrelated, is, but we're we're throwing it in there. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's for the race, El Dose. That was not on. Um, we did not even plan that. Although Van Sessions is sponsored uh, in part by a generous contribution from Roosters Brewing. Um, it's a tasty beer. I like this. It's back for summer. Yeah, yeah El Dose. Summer beer. And the race is actually July sixteenth. It's then, a good summer race. Yeah. 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 Before it starts getting too too hot. Uh, yeah, because this one I MC the finish line, uh, the Skyline Mountain Marathon, and in Eden, where it's supposedly ten degrees cooler than Ogden, but uh, it's on August thirteenth, and uh, let's just say it's not a nice cool day in Eden on August thirteenth ever. Is it ever? And it's and it feels like they start I mean, super early. They start still. super early. They start um, like super. Early. So that's like uh, it's the marathon, and then I think he's got a fifty k on there and a half marathon as well. There's some options. So if you're if you like the trail running, keep August thirteenth in mind. It's a fun one, but I we make the finish line fun. So if you get to the finish line, you'll have a good. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, in the news, in the news, Nordic Valley has, they've approved, so we had Clay on, who's the race director for Skyline Mountain Marathon. He lives, or is building up there, and uh, he, he said, you know, his family, I think, lived up there for a long time, but, uh, you know, he had some input saying it's always kind of a mess up there as far as what new growth goes, Um which working up there for a couple years, a few years ago, I realized, yeah, there's a lot of passion ar- around real estate up in the valley and, you know, how it should be built and that kind of stuff. So the big news is, though, this is according to Standard.net, a planning panel has approved the zoning-related changes for the proposed Nordic Valley Ski Village, a project that's generating some controversy among Ogden Valley residents. The Ogden Valley Planning Commission voted 6-1 to one, Tuesday, this was last Tuesday, in favor of text amendments to the zoning ordinance and county land use code for creating a Nordic Valley village area. Okay, they had to, they had to uh, compromise. They wanted like a hotel, they, I think they nixed that, but they are putting in condos and commercial space. And they had to minimize how many they were putting in. And then they wanted a certain height of those condos. And they had to lower it. So they lowered the height to keep the views, you know. So there were some compromises made. But it is approved and it will be moving forward. So you will see a little condo ski village up there by the Nordic Valley in the coming years. FYI. Um, And if you didn't know, history was made. At the historic Ironman Triathlon in St. George. Oh, nice. This weekend. Uh, it's the first time that the event was held outside of Hawaii. Um, and it was held in the World Championships were, were held in St. George, Utah. Um, I'm going to try and I'm going to reach out to, I do know someone from Ogden who competed in, in that. And it's, and finished, which was amazing. Um, the winner, though, which is, it's unreal. It's a full, I mean, it's the world championships. Uh, let's see. Is it Chris, Christian Blumenfeld made sure two items of history occurred. So he's Norwegian. The Norwegian was the first person to cross the finish line Saturday, finishing with a time of seven, four, seven hours, 49 minutes, 16 seconds. And, that, and he's the fastest. 
and in the process became the first person to ever win an Olympic gold medal and Ironman within a year of each other after he won the Summer Games in Tokyo last July. 28-year-old Blumenfeld won by almost exactly five minutes, which is an eternity um, on Saturday. By far a larger separation than anyone else in the top ten from their next closest finisher. Canada's Lionel Sanders edged out. New Zealand's Braden Curie for second. On the women's side, Switzerland's Daniela Riff continued her dominance of the sport. Again, this is the Deseret News is writing here by winning her sixth world championship. That's a lot with the time of 8.34. So it's pretty cool that it was held in Utah. Uh, a couple of things that were different is, well, one big thing was that instead of swimming in the ocean, they swam inland, you know, not in an ocean. And the ocean's actually actually a little bit more buoyant. And and it's and in Hawaii, the water's warmer. So it was colder and less buoyant in St. George, which affected people's swim times, I guess. Uh, but outside of that, it uh, made the news all over the place and was pretty cool. So Hawaii. Hawaii. To St. George. To St. George. They're very similar. Yeah. I mean, you've spent time like in both. Close, close backup. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they were looking for another city or if they just got lured away. I'm not sure. Yeah, why did... I don't know. I didn't look into it. I'm not a huge... I think it's... it's just a, such a different city. Yeah, well... It just makes you wonder the story, the backstory yeah. there. I don't know. I, I do... Well, hopefully you get you can get hold of that person that did it. They probably know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just reach out to him this week. Um, it's a f- unreal feat to, to do what they do, but anyway. No, not... not no... Very few athletes will make you feel more sloth-like and just like less of like, oh, look what they could do with their bodies, right? That's Those those yeah. athletes are amazing. I mean, most people feel good about competing one of the three events that they do. Or you do your, I mean, you do your fundraising 5K and you feel pretty good about yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I emceed the 5K at the Ogden Nature Center this weekend. I felt pretty and good. Good for them. I felt good about good sitting them. in the van watching everybody else run. <laughs> Made me happy. These Iron Man yeah. athletes. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. a whole other breed. No, I feel pretty lazy. Thanks, Iron Man finishers. It's ridiculous. And this guy, he he. This guy makes me feel lazy too. Ninety-six-year-old Utah skier racks up. Guess how many days of skiing? Matched his age. Ninety-six days of skiing. It's according to unofficial networks. Can't get enough of ninety-six-year-old Junior Buenos who Buenos who skied his age. In days this season, that's Snowbird. You would think Junior would call it quits. After reaching his goal, you'd be wrong. He blew past his 96th day on the slopes and considers it motivation to continue for years to come. I love that. That's amazing. Now, that's him on the mountain and not just up at the lodge having a beer. Yeah, well, listen, if he drove to Snowbird and had a beer 96 times, I'm okay with that, too. I guess at least he's doing something. I'm impressed yeah. with, with ever. Either way. Whichever. Either, either way, I'm impressed. Uh, okay. Good for him. This So the we had a storm come through here this yesterday. Yes. It snowed. Last night. It freaking yeah. snowed. Well, in Denver, the temperature dropped 19 degrees in three minutes on Saturday night. In three minutes. that Wouldn't that feel eerie? Sitting there outside at 80. It was 87 degrees. 
and then it dropped to 68 over a three-minute period. The National Weather Service later responded to a tweet stating, as far as we can tell, this is correct. Denver did see a 19-degree drop in approximately three minutes. (laughs) Okay, so here's my story on that. Okay. And so, and I've probably told this story before. So I lived in Vegas for a little while. My parents lived down in Vegas. And so you probably have gone through that sort of temperature change if you live or spend some time down in Vegas, even within the casinos themselves. Uh, and so <laughs> well, three three different yeah, times yeah. while oh, I lived I remember. There. I think you took, yeah, I remember yeah, so this. So three oh, different times crazy. I witnessed it, right? Just in my car waiting for, I don't know, waiting for, to go inside or whatever it was. And so I was, I was parked for, in front of a grocery store, like, I don't know, Smith's or whatever. And uh, when you say parked, you were, you weren't parked. You were like waiting. Right. I was yeah. waiting okay. or whatever it was. Yeah. And so I remember being in my car. And so there's such a temperature difference between inside and outside, especially during the summer months, because if you spend time down in Vegas, you know how cool they keep things inside in the casinos, in the stores, in the grocery stores in particular, right? They keep them very cool. And yeah. so that temperature difference can be 60 degrees, 50 degrees, right? Between wow. say it's say for instance it's sixty eight or seventy and if if it's hundred and twenty outside, right? And so three different times, elderly women, all three times, no no judgment there. It just so happened to be uh walking out of the grocery store, hit the wall of heat and just went down. That is wild. And just just sort of just crumbled down. It was just that that wall of heat. Yeah. Um and so you know, I, I can imagine because of that, like that's my experience yeah, with that, yeah. is that incredible temperature change. In fact, you know people who live in Vegas or spend a lot of time down there because even if it's 120 outside, if they're spending any amount of time inside, say you're going to a movie or something like that, like you always bring a, like a sweater or like that's a light so sweater. so weird. Huh? Because it's so cool inside. Yeah. And there's such a temperature difference, right? But I... That's crazy storm, though. And did you say that was in Denver? Denver, nineteen degrees and three. But minutes. just to just yeah. be there. Well, and because you say that, and I don't know if it works in reverse, where if it's hot and then it gets cold really fast, that would be the opposite of what you're it talking just about. Me out. You're just like, okay, we're gonna get hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that it had would be... to happen for us. I mean, that was pretty drastic. I mean, it... no, how hot was it yesterday? Six, 60, 50, 58, yeah, 60? I mean, it dropped to thirties. Yeah, overnight. And it's freaking woke up to snow. I thought we were going to get away with no snow because, which I don't care if it snows, but the weather said it was going to snow. And then I assumed it'd be at the top, like just up in the the mountains. Well, at about 10 o'clock, I went to bed and I was like, yeah, I think the storm blew by or whatever. It had to have started not too long after that. I wasn't up too, too late. And I saw it. Like I saw it started to come down. Yeah. And it snowed. It snowed. In May. It was, a, Which is great. it was quite the storm. <laughs> it's just great. Well, we need it. We'll talk about that in yes. later. Uh, Sherpa summits for a Everest. Oh, it's Everest season, by the way. Everest time. Ever, in Everest news, Sherpa summits Everest for a record-breaking. You want to know how many times you summited Everest? I mean, most people want to do it once. And we'll talk about that here in a second, too, because that's. Oh, I want to know what that number is. So, uh, Rita. It's a high number. His name is Rita Sherpa. It's not Rita Sherpa, which a lot of times it's Rita. Oh, man. Where's his full name? Oh, Kami Rita. K-A-M-I. Kami Rita has summited. Okay. More more than 20. Less than uh, 50. 
42 times. Yeah, I, that was bad. I cheated. It was 26. 26 times. Jeez. 26 summits of Everest. That's, that's work. That is a lot of work. He's 52 years young. I mean, that's and just his job. Is, is, that's, it is. I'm meaning that that's impressive. Like, that's an incredible job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So there's that. Now, this is, we're getting into, okay, two two climbers have already died, though, this season. Um, in fact, three have, three have died. So on Snowbrains, when they wrote this article, they said two died. Uh, Pavel Kostrikin, 55, died after falling ill while acclimatizing below the summit at Camp 1. He fell ill at Camp 2 and died after being taken back to Camp 1. Uh, it was the second fatality on the Nepal side of Everest this climbing season. Let's see. Nepal climber Najimbi Tenjay Sherpa, 38, who was carrying equipment uphill, was found dead on the mountain on, on April 14th. Um, but there was a third. So if you go, if you really want to follow Everest News, you've got to go follow Alan Arnett's blog. He lives up there during the season, and then he blogs about the season. Uh, he's won, won awards uh, for being the, the person who so he's the blogs Everest about influencer. it. Really is an Everest influencer, and he raises a bunch of money for Alzheimer's disease through his blog and and what he does up there. Now, he so and he said there's actually three people who died, and I believe him because he's there. So um, now helicopters are they helping or hurting? Oh man, this is bad news. So I read this whole thing. It's very interesting. Go to Alan Arnett's blog, alanarnett.com, and read the whole thing. But heli doping, in other words, <laughs> okay, here's the little, here's the quotes. Uh, this is, let's see, Oswald Aussie Ferrier, who is currently guiding on Everest, posted this provocative article, heli doping. Heli doping. Every season, I ask myself the same question. To what extent is it ethical to climb Everest at the expense of others? What qualifies as quote-unquote climbing? What can be seen as doping or quote-unquote performance enhancing? Is it okay to go from three preparatory rotations up the mountain to only one with comparatively little time at altitude only because someone will carry extra oxygen tanks, allowing for high-flow climbing? Question mark. Is enabling climbers with previous experience to climb okay just because we can better manage the risks with technology and thereby skip adequate preparation? Question mark. Are we turning magnificent helicopter pilots into high-altitude chauffeurs using and abusing helicopters to move around Everest, especially to the high fields? I have witnessed cases of heli-doping where climbers opt to skip slash fly over something as emblematic as the Kumbu Icefall, I have seen clients push to the limit of exhaustion with little thought since they can be easily rescued from C2, Camp 2, by helicopter. Heli-doping. Up, up until what point is it ethical to use any resources available to step on the summit instead of actually climbing the mountain? Question mark. And this is a, it's an interesting question because there are people who will use it on their resume. They'll say, yeah, I climbed Everest. I'm a, I'm a speaker. I'm a keynote speaker. I climbed Everest. And they took a heli past the Kumbu Icefall, and they had somebody carry everything up, and all they had to carry was their own oxygen. You know what, you know what I mean? And so it's like, what are the ethics, and what do you, who can count it, and who's going to call you on it? And if you're going to use it as a 
resume builder or something, which then seems to me that you could probably make the comparison for a lot of those climbers kind of quote unquote, is that it's a, you know, you got, you got all the money in the world. Uh, you enjoy going outside. What's, I mean, it, you want to do this before you do the space tourist, which is probably next, you know, you, sure you pay yeah. a little extra, you can get in orbit and yeah. then you come right back down again. And so I wonder how, I mean, I'm sure that plays into it. It's a, it's a privileged climbing, you know, it's, it's definitely. Which sucks because there's actual, you know, mountaineers who don't have money and they just like to climb yeah. and they have it as a tick list on like something they would like to summit and they're. And then this is a long article before this little excerpt here about the helicopters, but there's so many helicopters that it is a noise pollution in, um, in and around the mountain up there. And they will fly back to town so that they don't have to stay in base camp and they'll stay in like a five-star hotel, heli back up. Like it's not, yeah. Because because they can because they have the money, and then there's also in in this article, and this is bad, um, where what do you call them? The guide guide groups, I guess, would put a, a laxative in food, and so their customers would get diarrhea, and then they would say, "Okay, we need to fly off the mountain," and then claim that as a rescue for insurance purposes, and I have to pay it, and so. Now we're now we're dealing in fraud, um, in collecting. <laughs> like, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. Um, heli doping. Yeah, it's hella wrong if you ask me. Oh, I oh, saw what you did there. Oh. That was worth the whole story right there. <laughs> and I think Ooh. that uh, that true adventurer slash climbers slash you know. Would would agree with you? I would hope that they would agree with you. That that's just taken yeah. advantage of. Hope so. I I mean I I have the same thoughts when it comes to uh, helicopter rescues everywhere. You know anywhere. You know as far as putting those pilots in danger. You know if you're not prepared to do whatever it is that you do. Right? Accidents an accident, but I mean just simply not being prepared. Right? Well, are we? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I go into the backcountry thinking like, okay, I'm on my own. Like, no one's gonna haul my ass out. And I'm assuming there's a lot of people who go into go on expeditions and stuff thinking like uh, they can be reckless because they'll just call for help and they'll be fine. I'm sure it passes through people's heads. Yeah, yeah. I've heard from ski patrol up at my friends who work ski patrol which I have a few, um, there's plenty of people who will call ski patrol um, while on the mountain who just don't have enough energy to ski back down the hill. They want to ride down? They want to ride down. I mean, that's so, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's we'll... a big story. I'm glad somebody wrote about that, though. Yeah, that's interesting. Hella doping. Hella doping. Uh, well, I would share my screen, but it's not working out. So we'll just play this music here. And this gives you an idea. Take us through it. All right, a little hypnotic edit from the folks at Carver Skateboards feature, featuring Adorado Papa and Val LaForge. Val's a hottie. 
El Dorado doesn't like shirts, so he's got jeans and no shirt, you know. It's hot. But beautiful, it's hot. beautiful people. Yes, absolutely beautiful people. And she's wearing jean, like, uh, oh no, like corduroy short shorts and a bikini top. And they, they are surfing on their skateboards, desert swells at an undisclosed location near Barstow, California. And it is an amazingly built skate park bowl thingamajigger that is, it looks like a wave in the desert. And it's a great edit from Carver Skateboards. So it is definitely worth watching and really want to find where this park is. And she's skating barefoot. That tells you that. You know, what you're up against there. It's a Coachella skater. He's, yes. Go, yes. Coachella All about skater. looking right, too. And he's got his, his vans and jeans, but no shirt. And it's just a very well done ad for Carver Skateboards, essentially. But, uh, and good music. Good music here. So, anyway, that is. So, Carver Skateboards. Carver for you, Skateboards. Particularly yeah. if you're very attractive. Yeah, I think you have to reach a certain attractive <laughs> level before you buy one. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know. Just you too. You throwing too. it out there. Uh, okay, well that's worth watching. Um, oh, I have it on there twice. Gear thirty segment. We have the Chacos. So we do have the Chacos. We have men's Z two classic sandals. This is at Gear thirty dot com. Gear thirty here in Ogden. If you're local. Come into the shop. We got the Chacos. Last year, because of supply chain issues, we got like Chaco drip. They would send us a Chaco. And then like, and then a few days later, they'd send us another Chaco. And then they would send us another Chaco. It was very bad. Uh, we got all the Chacos, though, now. So we have the Z Clouds, Z2s. We have the Chilo Slides, if you're into the slides. We have the classic Z1s. And we have the Lowdown Slide Sandal, which is... Uh, a little more, it's like a, it's almost a combo between the slide and the sandal. So, options, options. And, color, uh, color choices as well. Yeah, yeah, well, quite a few. Bump into the women's and see what we have on the women's side. Oh, none of that collection. Let's go, women's. Oh boy, oh, oh boy. Those People want to spend some time outside. There's more options for women's. Uh, women's Mega Z Cloud Sandal. Z1, Z2, in different colors. Uh, we have some Chillos flip-flops for the ladies. They're good looking. It's like a sand, like a peachy sand color. Also have the low-down slide. Um, yeah, so that's good. Lots of options. For you Chaco lovers out there. I would I would recommend grabbing them though. Well, do because they won't they always sell out. And we can't the crappy thing about COVID, I guess we will blame COVID and the supply chain and all that kind of stuff is we can't even we can't reorder stuff. Like we placed orders a year ago and they sent us the order and so we have what we have. And so when we sell out, we sell out. We can't like there are some smaller brands we recently brought in Tiny Tinkara and we sold out the one size already and we're placing another order because they're smaller and they can they can fulfill those. But bigger companies that sell lots of stuff, once they're going to send us what they have and then once we have it, that's, that's it. So uh, Santa Cruz recalls Heckler 
nine e-bikes for fire and fall hazards. If you have a Santa Cruz Heckler 9 e-bike, check the recall information. On May 5th, the California brand announced a recall of the Heckler 9 e-bikes. It, ad- it identified as dangerous to users. In short, the e-bike's batteries can... <laughs> it's not good, dude. They can fall off without warning, which is not good, uh, while the bike is in motion or just simply catch fire. So you could be a hot biker, I guess. Um <laughs> So just check that out. Yeah, it's, it's, this sun is so bright. It's there. Um, yeah, according to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, the latch mechanism that holds the battery in place can malfunction. And if that happens, the battery can detach from the frame, potentially dropping the bike and the rider, and or it can cause additional wear and the battery house, on the battery housing over time, resulting in a fire hazard. So if you've got the Santa Cruz bike, check your check your labels on there. All right, so my land segment. Oh, my lands. Ogden officially declares a water shortage. Ogden water shortage declaration comes amid efforts, this is according to the Standard Examiner, to incentivize water-wise landscaping. So the mayor, Mike Caldwell, signed a declaration moving the city into phase two of the water shortage management plan following a unanimous vote by the city council on Tuesday. All right, so where are we at? The snowpack is currently sitting at 65% of the median for the period of the year. It snowed last night, but it's we didn't have a big winter. It wasn't that kind of snow. Yeah. Uh, 65% of the median for this period of time of year. And Pineview Reservoir storage is half full, 52%, compared to 74% just a couple of years ago in 2020. So that's not good. Guidelines effective immediately under the mayor's declaration and the water shortage plan include no outdoor irrigation between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. So you got to water before then, before 10 a.m. or after 6 p.m. With a limit of two days per week, 20 minutes per irrigation for pop-up sprays and 40 minutes for rotors. Everyone's going to abide by this, right? Especially, especially the like the city parks and stuff. Those are oh, always, those are the golf courses, the libraries. Those oh, are the golf my favorite. When yeah. I'm like, oh man, what are we doing? Uh, in addition to, in fact, uh, my wife works for Coles, and they turned the system on out where she works, and they had a rogue sprinkler just dumping water into the parking lot, and people were losing their mind. She's like, it's not. I've called people, but she can't. And she, the city showed up because so many people were calling to try to get Coles in trouble. Showed up at Coles and was like, and couldn't, the city guy couldn't find the shutoff. Could, could not find the shutoff. Finally, they got it off, taken care of, and replaced, but it was just dumping water out of. Yeah. Hey, we love Talk. to call other people on the same stuff that they don't do, that we don't do ourselves. Mm hmm. Because I, I bet if I tracked all of those people that were losing their mind back to their houses, let's see if they fall into the category of two days. Yeah, like a week perfectly between. green grass. With all the... Oh, 100%. Come on, Ogden, let's step up and do all of that. So <laughs> we're supposed to reduce our water by consumption by 10%, which I'm not sure how you measure that you know, necessarily as a resident. But I think it's easier to just abide by the watering guidelines, and then that'll probably be helpful. 10 a, before 10 a.m., after 6 p.m., which you probably should any, anyway. That should be a no-brainer. 20 minutes per irrigation for pop-ups and 40 minutes for rotors. If we can do that, we're doing we're doing pretty good. That'll keep your lawn green twice a week. I think the terrace is only once a week, but one, one, twice a week. 
Done. This water thing is, I mean, you can't just pretend that it isn't happening. It just seems to be getting worse. And so the reality is, is that you got to, I mean, we have to just start doing I mean, I'm right pretending thing. it's not happening, but it's happening, so. It's happening. Yeah. And the thing is, is obviously in, in the state in particular, like nobody likes to be told what to do. When it, well, uh, when it comes to drinking, we like to tell people what to do. But for the most part, people don't like being told what to do. But tell me I mean, that's what it's going to come down to one day. You're just not going to have your water. Sorry, you go to turn something on, it's not going to be there for you. No water. Um, it's it just Vegas like is not looking worse. pretty either. Vegas, Lake Mead's drying up. They're no, finding Lake all the Mead's... dead bodies in Lake Mead. Yeah. So. <laughs> my, my mom was telling me all about that. <laughs> yeah. Found another one. Found another like one. Like old school mafia. 70s in a, hit. In a barrel. Or 80s. Yeah. They traced They said, well, the shoes he was wearing, shoes he was wearing yeah. date, dates to this year in the yeah, 70s. And I'm telling you what, start preparing for these toxic dust storms that are going to happen mm. regularly. Good times. Remember when we used to have that Great Salt Lake? Uh, that's mm. That is getting lower and lower and lower start doing some research on that if you haven't yeah. already because this is sort of a new reality that we can't necessarily just pretend our way out of we just gotta we gotta sort of do what we need to do we can still do the things we like to do we just have to do it in a different way yeah i think i mean there's moratoriums on on construction and building now that's like okay yeah like we'll have to do some of those things and then re you know or encourage different types of landscaping now the stuff that we probably sh- should have been doing a long long time ago at least 10 15 years ago uh yeah okay is the is the ivory billed woodpecker extinct yeah I don't, i'm not familiar with that particular woodpecker it's a <laughs> is it like the woody woody woodpecker yeah really yeah really is um except for woody i think had some blue on him right yeah, it was a cartoon too. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay. The, the ivory billed woodpecker is almost certainly extinct. This is from Explorer's Web. Uh, we recently published a story about the North American birding's holy grail. Like, birders are like, yeah, you dummies. It's the, like, this is the holy grail of birding. The ivory billed woodpecker. The last confirmed sighting of this large, loud bird was in 1944. Holy jeez. Confined to the swampy forests of America's deep south, the bird disappeared because of intense hunting and habitat loss. Since the last sighting, though, this is this is where it gets a little, I don't know. It has become perhaps the most iconic lost species in the United States. Professionals and amateurs alike have searched for it. Like Bigfoot, there have been sightings, but no real evidence. So, recently the bird has been back in the news. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service declared it extinct in 2021, finally. They're like, yep, it's done. Only for a team of birders to claim they had rediscovered the species. Our findings and the inferences drawn from them suggest an increasingly hopeful future for the ivory-billed woodpecker, they said. They are publishing a paper in several media outlets, including ours, picked up the story to find there's a problem. They almost certainly have found their bird... There's a problem, question mark? Oh, there's a problem, question mark. They almost certainly haven't found their bird. Haven't found their bird. The three-year study using microphones, drone cameras, camera traps, and volunteers has only managed to come up with a couple of photos so bad. They're Bigfoot photos, essentially, only of the bird. Yeah. (laughs) So bad, they were impossible to identify them further uh, than, yep, that is probably a species of a woodpecker, but they can't. They don't know what kind. There's one that says a five-pixel image. 
Photos are of such poor quality that it almost looks deliberate. I take a lot of wildlife photos, and many of them are awful, blurred, slightly out of focus. What if those are like binocular cameras that are, have like lower Maybe, res? maybe. It says, but I'm not sure I've ever taken a photo quite as poor as these. <laughs> Birders got to step up oh, their photo game. They do, they do. They are completely silhouetted and seemingly consist of four or five pixels. I spent a good amount of time identifying birds on iNaturalist because that's as you do. That's a hot site for it's, birds. <laughs> it really, dude, don't mess with birds. And can safely say that these photos would fall in the bottom 1% of terrible images uploaded to this global citizen science database. These new photos are usually presented alongside old photos of the species from 1935, which confuses people who might assume that all the images are from this recent study. Funny enough, the now 87-year-old image is decidedly better quality than the ones taken in 2021. Discounting the photos, we were left we are left with the researchers' word that they saw the iconic species. Unfortunately, hope, passion, and drive have a way of warping what other people see and remember. So it's sad, but Bigfoot's out there somewhere, and Bigfoot is hanging out with the ivory-billed woodpecker. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. In Florida, somewhere, probably. So keep an eye out. You see one, you'd be ready. Yeah, keep, with your cell phone. Could probably take better pictures than whatever they're using. Yeah, I don't know what they're using. Um, okay, I think that's all we got. That's a week. funny story. I rebuild woodpecker. I'm Quote ready, of the week. I'm ready for one of those like true crime stories. <laughs> really uncover the dirt. Yeah. On this woodpecker. Yeah, where's the behind the scenes? There's enough about Bigfoot. We could do it on every build. Today is another opportunity to learn anything you want. That is from Johnny Yuzon. Today is another opportunity to learn anything you want. We should learn how to podcast. I think today's a day. I'm working. I'm working on it. It's it's the video that's (laughs) killing me today. Absolutely killing me. It sounds good Uh, in my ear holes. Yeah, it does sound good. Sounds good. Thank you too. Which we did a, a sweet podcast on friday before van sessions where we had you interviewed uh, people from ace the new magazine oh yes yes yes. and arts culture entertainment yeah and i and i threw it up live on like a hundred things and the live audio was weird so your mic sounded good matt's mic sounded good my mic sounded good deanne's and thane's i don't know what what the hell was going on with theirs it didn't sound good at all on the live the recording that I ha- the audio recording I have was great. So I had to re so I had to scoop up that audio. Scrape it, put scrape it together. It. Yep. Put it in a bag. Put it on the video, re upload it to YouTube. But I feel bad because if you were watching live, you were probably like, What in the hell? And I know why it I know what happened. Just so y'all know, that's just because that's how Thane sounds. That's how Thane <laughs> He's got this sort of raspy, faraway yeah. voice that you can't always hear. So. <laughs> well, it's a shame you miss yeah. his stories. He always has such good stories. It's there now. It's just it's on the it's on our YouTube. So if you go to the Banding Collective, it's on the YouTube, and you can hear about the Monarch Building. Some local. This is another reason, yeah. y'all, to come check out these events live. Have a seat yeah. right next to us if there's room. Totally, totally can. Yeah. You can curl up Indian style on the rug in front of us. Yep. Yep. You won't miss a you won't miss a minute. Nope. Thank you to Banyan One for powering today's three hundred and ninetieth episode of 
the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. Listen and subscribe to the Bandy Collective on YouTube. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, thebandycollective.com, and the Podbean app for Android and iPhones. The show notes with the links. So if you like the like the the worth watching thing that we couldn't show, I'll, the link will be there, and you can watch these beautiful people skateboard in a bowl in the middle of the desert. It's pretty cool. Um, that's all up on the website once I post this. So DM us on Instagram if you want to chat with us at Ogden Adventure. This week's Outdoor Jukebox, a little ditty from our friends, imaginary friends. Oh, nice. Our imaginary friends on band sessions at the Monarch. This is called Signal. I really dig this one. Um, John Muir would say the mountains are calling and we must go. Let's go. Yeah. 